this morning, I will admit to you sometimes the pastor makes a mistake. Um, I know, no. Um, I really meant to have the Luke scripture read, but this, this works because what it's going to do is force you to try and remember that scripture as David reads this one. <laughs> Keep them both in your head at once. Because part of it's about what's going on around Mary, which you're going to hear uh, in the Matthew telling of this um, tale. But I'm going to deal with also pieces of the Luke scripture, and so we'll have a little test after we hear this. So this morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, uh, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son and named him Jesus. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Thanks, David. Can you hear me now? Which which carrier used that as their kind of catchphrase? Was it Verizon? Verizon, can you hear me now? Um, It's the question every one of us asks when we're close to being out of range with those vicious little kind of almost square things that we use to communicate now. They're called what? Cell phones, but it didn't start with cell phones. I'm going to go back to this in just a minute, but watch these pictures behind me. There are times when we're out of range, right? And, And you... You so desperately want to talk to someone or you want to text or you want to do those things, but you're out of range and sometimes the connection is just this crackling and you really do ask the question, can you hear me now? Every one of us have become, I think, not everyone, because there are some of us who just don't want to have anything to do with these devices. And did you know that in the United States there is a society for folks who absolutely refuse to do these. We have, I know, three members in the church who are a part of the Luddite Society. (laughs) I kid you not. 
Uh, I'll, I'll explain about one in just a second. Um, but you remember back in the day where it wasn't about cell phones. It was about other kinds of phones. And, and I remember, I'm going to tell the seminary story, Dorothy and I were dating, and I was so madly in love. I, I so madly in love with this woman. And I, I was in Southern California at seminary, and I would either walk or ride a bike if I could find one to the post office in Claremont, California, because it was the only place that really had a usable payphone. $1,250 later, <laughs> because I couldn't help but call every evening just to hear her voice. And now here we are, 60 together. Yes. You remember pay phones? Do you remember when you ran out of time and the operator would say, yeah, please deposit another quarter. Or even before that, another dime. And you just have to, you know, some people would go to the payphones with their roll of dimes and just keep putting them in there. But believe it or not, there were phones even before that. And one of our favorite movies is a Kevin Klein movie called In and Out. And, and there is this, this you know, um, supermodel who is dating one of the main characters and they end up in this motel in a small town and what it has beside the bed is not a push-button phone. And she cannot, for the life of her, nothing against supermodels, but for the life of her couldn't figure out how to work that phone. Because with all those little circles around, she just kept pushing and nothing would happen. <laughs> Phones, communication. I love the pink phone. Uh, I had one of those, by the way. I just want to admit that right now. But, but even before that, and Nancy, you talked a little bit about this, that... You, you have the crank phone, but, but let me not go to the crank phone yet. Party lines. Party lines. Now, for those of you that are too young to remember party lines, I have to admit to you that it has absolutely nothing to do with some grand celebration. Unless you were a gossip. Right? Unless you were a gossip, because what party lines did is, is it combined, you know, sometimes three or four different neighbors or different families or different individuals on the same phone line. And do you know that Flo Monkman was one of the operators that used to do the party line thing? So it wasn't, what, what was the name of yours, Nancy? Mod. It was Flo. I mean, again, how perfect is that? And she said, between service, she said, yeah, you had to learn which family had which ring. Too long and a short, too short and a long, Three short. By the way, what I mean by that is ring, ring, ring. And, but the beauty of party lines was if you weren't caught up on the recent gossip in your community, all you had to do was pick up the phone and listen. And, you know, those with better ethics didn't. But those like us did. And so, you know, and you could hear the conversations. But then at the end, you know, you'd, you'd hang up. Or if you, if you were good, you'd hang up if you knew it wasn't your family. But you would sometimes say those words. Where do you think those words come from? Can you hear me now? 
And before that, you had to crank phones and go through the operator mod and, and tell her who you wanted to call. And, <laughs> and the beauty of the operator was they knew everything that was going on in town. And they could say, well, yeah, they're on vacation in Virginia right now. <laughs> um, so, but before that, you had Morse code. Before that, you had tin cans and strings, <laughs> right? Before that, you just shouted up the valley. <laughs> Communication is an amazing thing, and, and it's so important as we come into this time. And I can hear you asking now, oh, oh by the way, the only phone company that seemed to be available at that time in the early years was Ma Bell. You remember Ma Bell. Did you know that Ma Bell was the reason that we no longer allow monopolies? And I don't mean the game. Uh, because they had it all. But, but Brad, why in the world are you telling us this and talking about this on the third Sunday of Advent? Well, because it is all about communication and particularly about the communication between a certain kind of character and a young girl. Um, Allison, how old are you? Twelve. Twelve. By the way, uh, you made your cross-country coach proud today. Good job. You all three did a great job. But she's one of my cross-country athletes, and it's wonderful to see her up there doing that. But I want you to think about Allison for just a second. I love this. Do you remember Dick Tracy? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just love this kind of communication stuff. One other thing before I get to Mary is, do you, do you remember the day, and I remember particularly in Seattle back in the early 60s when the Columbus Day storm came through and disrupted all of the phone lines? And we see that now that's in the midst of the storms that even the cell phones can go out. And how frustrating is that when you know you need to be communicating in a storm and yet... This story is all about the other side of that, a different kind of storm, and how often in the storms of our lives we move away from the communication with God. But here we have this young girl in an absolutely, as you've heard, nothing, nowhere, not even on the map town. The only thing that made this town famous eventually was Jesus. It wasn't on any map of Rome before any of this. It just sat up there in the hills and, uh, you know, I keep saying it's kind of like Hobart. Who goes to Hobart? (laughs) Unless you have to go to Hobart to see somebody. Is there anything good that can come out of Hobart? (laughs) Sorry for those of you that may have been born there. But but Nazareth was that way. And here's this young girl who has absolutely no history. No history. And suddenly appears before her, or at least within her, a message. And the message is from an angel. And let's remember, what does angel mean? Messenger from God. Just as a little side note. As I was preparing last night, and again overwhelmed by by your generosity, I, I just kept thinking about angel. And the scriptures that talk about the fact that even today there are angels who walk among us. And I started putting names down. And if you don't believe me, I'm happy to share with you the list. Because many of you in this congregation are on that list of angels. Messengers of God. 
I, I think of Nancy about four years ago, who was an incredible messenger of God. I think of Christy and what she does across the world as a messenger of God. I, I think of our prayers for Daniel right now as Nita and Zane are on the other side of the world looking for messages from God and, and that that is a role that many of us can play to be messengers of God. And here was this message from God. And yet in the midst of it, we have to remember that more often than not, it's us praying to God, asking God, seeking something from God. But the beauty of this story, this story of Mary, is that the connection came and the communication came a different direction. It was God communicating with Mary. God who took this young 14, 12 to 14 year old and said, Mary, I have something special for you to do. And I love the scripture in Luke because it says she was confused. She was confused because of what the angel had said to her, which was basically, you have found favor in the eyes of God. Well, what brings favor in the eyes of God? but someone who gives to others, others who seek the wisdom, others who worship, others who help, others who heart, whose heart is filled with this incredible, overwhelming power and grace. And it's obvious that Mary was one of those. But then the angel gives her these instructions of what's going to happen. Can you imagine? And we really can't because this is so far out of the realm of possibility for us in this time. But God says, Mary, you're going to become pregnant. But let me phrase it differently. Mary, you're going to become pregnant out of wedlock, even though you're already betrothed to another. Mary, what I'm placing on you is certain death. Because as I've said to you before, that is the cost of adultery is that she should have been dragged out to the edge of the city and stoned to death for that. But what's Mary's response? May it be to me as you have said. Even though it is at the risk of my own life, may it be to me as you have said. And suddenly the communication and the connection happens both directions. Trust is an amazing thing, is it not? Mary not only trusted God to answer that way with that challenge, but she also trusted Joseph. And you heard more about Joseph in the midst of this. Think about Joseph. I'm going to talk more about this next Sunday at first service. Joseph could have easily just rejected her. Joseph could have had her taken out to the edge of the city and killed. But what did Joseph do? His initial response was, I want to protect her, but I can't marry her. And then Joseph got the message from God and instead brought her in and surrounded her. And it reminded me as I was preparing for this of a certain story about Jesus and a woman caught in adultery and another woman who'd been bleeding and rejected for 30 years. And the first word out of his mouth about this woman, the woman who'd been bleeding, was daughter, bringing her into his family. And I wonder, 
had Jesus heard this story of what Joseph had done for his mother and for him and now brought others into his family. It is what Joseph did. It is what we are called to do. Communication is an amazing thing. But when was the last time any of us really just stopped? It's why we do it at the beginning of worship every Sunday. To begin to stop and just open our hearts and our souls and our minds to the power that is God. And it isn't just preparing for worship, friends. It's also to help us listen. For what it is said about Mary is that she did three things. First, she was open to that voice, that still small voice of God. And then she heard it because of that openness. She heard that voice and finally responded to it with that statement of, may it be to me as you have said. Wow. Talk about maturity beyond her years. Talk about responding to one of the greatest challenges of all time. To think that you are going to carry the Messiah. And we see then throughout her life, there was a song, and I'll close with this, that Patty sang at first service this morning about the beginning of Mary and her holding this child and bearing this child and then walking with this child throughout his whole life until he died. But then being again that saint that she was, and taking the Word of God beyond His death to resurrection and into the world. Friends, what is the call that God is asking of you? When is the last time that you really stopped just to listen for a minute? No matter where you are in the spectrum of faith, no matter where you are, God is seeking you. God is seeking for you to be in that relationship of communication. God is asking things of you, of us, and of the world, and particularly in this time, in this time in the world. We are called to bring the same kind of peace that we see that Jesus sought to bring. God is saying to us at this point, God is saying to us, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?